Yeah. Well, somebody better get down there and explain yeah. offside to her. Yeah, I know. Believe that. I can guarantee you there'll be a big one today. Kenny will go potty. This is not the first time, is it? Didn't we have one before? Yeah. Wendy Toms. Wendy Toms or something like that. The game's gone mad. I'm Ryden Sanger and this is the Women's Game Fights Back. In January 2011, long-serving Sky Sports commentators Andy Gray and Richard Keyes were forced to quit their roles following the leak of several tapes. These tapes revealed the disgraced duo making sexist comments about female referee San Massey and other female figures in the industry. Twelve years on from their dismissal and attitudes towards women in football have significantly changed. Women are now at the forefront of football and are involved in all aspects of the sport. There are now less remarks about not knowing the offside rule being told that they are not meant to like or play football. Equality, inclusion and diversity. This is what football is about yet there is still some discrimination towards the women's game. So let me take you back to the 31st of July 2022, when the women's game began to get the attention and respect it deserves. In it goes, bronze right, got the touchdown, Kelly's in there, the goalkeeper's bronze is in! Kelly scores for England! England 2, Germany 1, after 110 minutes! England have done it. Breaking news, it has come home. The Lionesses have beaten Germany. The Lionesses made history by winning their first major women's tournament in the enthralling Euro 2022 final, beating Germany 2-1 at Wembley. Substitute Chloe Kelly came off the bench to score the winner in extra time, sending the nation into raptures. Football finally came home in front of the largest crowd in the history of a men's or women's Euros. It was also England's first senior trophy in 56 years, a magnificent achievement, a historic occasion. However, this was more than just a footballing win brought it home here to where we live and where we are and I tell you what as English girls we have smashed it and we actually show the England lads how it's done. To play more funding hopefully inspire like a load of young girls to kind of take it up and kick on with it yeah yeah, yeah. it was amazing I think it's a massive step for female in the sporting world and it was quite emotional it was amazing I just hope to see more people in the stadium less backlash more positivity more more being equal that's what I hope for and to keep winning more trophies. Well, my, my daughter plays football, um, and there's not enough girls in football. So Come I, on, girls! I, I, do, I do really hope uh, young girls are watching this, uh, not just in England, but all over the world, uh, and, and just picking up a football uh, and getting into the game. Uh, I hope there's a lot more positivity towards it. You know, I don't want... There's some discrimination towards it, but hopefully after this performance, it will show that the women, we can play football, and we play it well. Well, you know what? She she plays so heavily in like in a boys' team, and we watch men's football every week just to watch that with the girls, and just that could be her. It was just beautiful. <laughs> it was really beautiful. I mean, like Ian Wright said, it's all about getting girls involved at school, young age, PE lessons. That's what we want. That's that's what yeah. we we've always dreamed of. Yeah, absolutely. going back. Yeah.
Oh, literally insane. Like, to come in and do this is just absolutely mad. So, I'm Inspirational leader. Yeah, Massive. Definitely. Amazing. Amazing. Well, to be honest, I think we were talking earlier on how it's, I think it's going to bring on a new generation of young girls to in inspire them to play football. And, you know, if, if that's a massive thing, if, it, if that's the only thing it does, that's huge. So, it's really good. Exactly, yeah. I yeah. think women's football will probably get the respect it deserves now yeah. because, you know, they've what they've achieved and, and every match as well, they consistently yeah. achieved so much. And I think, yeah, it's the turning point in history, hopefully. Yeah. 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 Brought in a really nice atmosphere yeah. and the crowd from the men's um, matches has just been so different. It's like you said, it's all families rather than sort of younger men. It's brought in so many different people. And it's just, yeah. yeah. So we were sat amongst the German supporters as well, but it was still a friendly atmosphere. Yeah. We, yeah. When we first sat down, we thought, oh dear, this may not go very well, but it was lovely. It was lovely. It's not just like sport should be. As the England fans said after the game, this was a victory for everybody involved in women's football. The likes of Lucy Bronze and Beth Mead have been described as an inspiration and are now role models to young girls looking to break expectations and get involved in the sport. Domestically, the Lionesses triumph was watched by a peak BBC One television audience of 17.4 million, making it the most watched women's football game in UK television, while a record crowd of 87,000 watched the game live at Wembley Stadium. These incredible numbers demonstrate just how far the women's game has come. The Euros victory was a significant turning point for women's football, as the women achieved what the men couldn't. The Lionesses silenced any remaining critics of women's football, while perhaps not all of them. It's been sent a story here from the Evening Standard. This was uh, two years ago. The Australian women's national team, who were ranked number five in the world at the time, yeah. lost 7-0 to a team of 15-year-old boys. Awkward. Despite negative comments from people such as Piers Morgan, women's football has continued to grow, with attendances in the West Midlands on the rise. Not only has there been an increase in terms of support and spectatorship, but there's also been more extensive coverage in the media. Although the women's game doesn't bring in the same revenue compared to the men's, Media organisations such as Sky Sports are now broadcasting even more of the Women's Super League. This clearly indicates that there is now a demand for women's football. With this in mind, I decided to travel to two separate matches to ask fans about how the Lionesses' Euros victory had impacted their views on women's football. First up was a trip to Molyneux Stadium ahead of the men's game between Wolverhampton Wanderers and Bournemouth in the Premier League. I then followed this up with a trip to Villa Park ahead of the women's clash between Aston Villa and Leicester City. What are your thoughts on women's football and were they impacted by the Lionesses' success at the Euros last summer? I think women's football is improving and I think it's more family-friendly compared to the men's games. My opinion hasn't personally changed when it comes to women's football because I'm not a massive fan of the sport. I haven't watched a lot of it. I didn't really have any interest at all in women's football, uh, but since the Lionesses' success, I've started to take a lot more notice of the results and I'll typically watch games when they're televised. You see a lot more um, supporters at women's game. You know, uh, Wrexham had over 9,000. The women's game has definitely grown. Um, I think I think that was definitely a bit of a catalyst for, for sort of a football explosion for the women's game. You see lots of records being broken at the moment about um, attendance to matches and stuff, which is great. Yeah, yeah, I would say I'm definitely more interested in the women's football now. Ever since the um, last year during the women's Euros, I was never really into into it. However, it's definitely on the up now. The fans at both matches agreed that the women's game had grown 
and believe that the Lionesses' Euro's success was a catalyst for this. After hearing from the fans, I now want to find out about the impact of the Euro's victory on women's football lower down the leagues and at our local level. So I decided to speak to the manager of a national league side. Yeah, my name's uh, Andy Fisher. I'm a first team manager uh, for the women's team at Starbridge Football Club and also head of the women's section at the club. I asked Andy to give me an insight into what he has seen in terms of the growth of women's football in the West Midlands with a particular focus on spectatorship, investment and attendances. Yeah, I, I, I 100% believe uh, growth in and around the West Midlands is happening. Um, actually, interestingly, seen today that uh, Stoke City have now decided to go semi-professional uh, and their women's section will now fall under the umbrella of their um, kind of chief executive, which is great, uh, an absolute great step uh, for them as a club and needed. And um, I think what that shows you now is that the kind of tier the tier three stroke tier four because we that's where we are at the moment those teams are now having to, to put investment up and you're starting to see that growth we've said it and i've said it all along that what will happen is now is the this kind of investment will filter out especially with the big clubs like stoke city who've got like you know football league teams or premier league teams like newcastle you know that those investments are really heavily put into the women's section and those teams will start to grow um you know, and even make it more difficult for, for teams like like Starbridge who have invested initially. So, definitely, it's 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 on the it's on the up. It's growing, um, and that comes from um, you know the investment. So that has impacted the attendance, I believe, and the social media inputs and the social media focuses has, has really pushed those attendances to, to grow. Um, so it's, it's kind of not just a, a one specific approach, it's quite a generic approach across the whole of the club really and making sure the, the, you know, the investors in the club are really pushing the women's side as well as, as, well as the, the men's side and that's why you're seeing the growth in attendance, um, not just across the Midlands, across the country. As Andy said, the growth of women's football in the West Midlands has recently begun to accelerate, but I wanted to find out just how much of this growth the Lionesses contribute towards. Yeah, the Lionesses' progress has, has been a significant uh, factor in, in the in the progress of women's football, in my opinion. Um, as I've already said, you know, from a West Midlands point of view, and I've mentioned Stoke announcing their announcement today of going semi-professional next year. Um, I think I think that's been impacted by you know people who wasn't necessarily interested in women's football or necessarily understood the 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 growth of the sport, really seeing the growth after the women's. Euros and success and the stadiums being filled up and um, you know the buzz around it also I definitely feel it's had it's, had, it's probably the biggest impact um, in terms of the growth of the sport as well as other factors of course but um, the, the Lionesses are, are, you know are going to go down in history of, of really turning the tide in my opinion for for women's for women's football um, and it's growing because of that which is great to um, which is really great to see. Um, and especially the impact in, in, in and around the um, the West Midlands um, with the increase, increase uh, you know, fan bases and, and attendances. Andy was full of praise for the Lionesses and he believes their Euro success has played a crucial role in the growth of women's football at a national and local level. In recent seasons, Stabridge have heavily invested into their women's section at the club. Consequently, the women's first team, also known as the Glass Girls, have moved up the footballing divisions and are now competing in Tier 4 of the Women's Football Pyramid. During this journey, the West Midlands side have gone from playing on a park pitch to playing at the War Memorial Stadium, 
with their supporters cheering them on. Yeah, so that I mean the journey that Starbridge have been on, you know, since I arrived, um, you know, but even prior, you know, competing in the Birmingham County County Leagues at Tier Eight and Seven, um, I took over just as they were pushed into Tier Six, really. And I remember the first training session where we kind of um, not got much equipment, and we, you know, we were our first session was on the the local park pitch. Uh, we know goals up and. Um, it was just me and one of the existing coaches that were there, um, and you know several players were were you know on holiday. So I remember that first session, and and also kind of the, the, the women's section at that point, and and the, the you know the lack of re resources, the kind of um, the, the players having to pay subs. Um, I remember in the first couple of seasons, the the group had to. Uh, fundraise at the men's game, do bake sales to, to afford their their training gears um, and some of their kit. Um, to the point now where you know we, we're at, <laughs> at tier four, uh, paying expenses, playing on the War Memorial with a, a reserve team, looking at a reserve team and a development team next year. The girls sections growth, and on top of that, you know, full time staff. Um, who are involved within the within the women's section, the club as well, but within the women's section. So it's come a, a massively long long way and a long journey. A lot of that's been to do with the the backing of the the, the chairman and the vice chairman, um, and the success on the pitch from the players as well. So it's it's a massive ethos and culture that we've got at Starbridge that's really been pushed over the years, um, which I've, I've been gladly been a bit a part of really and, and, and pushed it myself. And that, that that journey continues, and, and hopefully, as, as the team be, is successful, we can push into that tier three, competing against against the clubs like Wolves and Albion, um, as opposed to kind of where we were five years ago. Andy joined the club in 2016, and since his appointment, the women's team have continued to grow. Fast forward to the present day, and Starbridge women are on the verge of a third successive promotion. The Glass Girls will also have the opportunity to add to their trophy cabinet as they prepare to face Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Women's County Cup final. I asked Andy about the next steps the club need to take to further enhance the growth of the women's team. We've got 11 games left in those 11 games. Um, you know, we've got a uh, cup final, semi-final um, and, and nine huge games in the league to, to see if we can can win the championship for the, you know, and be promoted for the third third uh, season in a running, which, which would be an incredible incredible achievement um, and then after that you know it, the target is to be promoted of course and then if we get that we've, we've got to look at how we um, sustain in tier three against the likes of Wolves, Albion, Forest, Derby depending on who goes up, Burnley you know Stoke there's there's lots of teams now we need to we need to start thinking about and think about how we maintain that league and compete and on and off the field. So the next step is really get get promoted um, and then sustain tier three, you, you know, keep Starbridge where they need to be, um, which is competing against those those type of teams and, and how we can compete on and off the pitch. And there's already talks about that behind the scenes, which is, which is great um, to look at how we can enhance and, and grow the, the reputation of the club and, and the women's section for sure. Andy told me about the growth of women's football on the pitch, but what about the growth off the pitch? 
I wanted to talk to somebody who could give me an insight into how the women's game had grown from a financial perspective. So I decided to travel on the M6 to Coventry to speak to an owner of a local women's team. My name's Lewis Taylor and I'm chairman and CEO of Coventry United Women. Alongside his ownership of Coventry United Women, Lewis also has other connections to the women's game. For example, his energy company has a current sponsorship deal with Wolves Women. I asked Lewis to describe his journey into the ownership of Coventry United and also asked him about what attracted him to the women's game. What attracted me to the women's game? Um, <laughs> uh, we're, we're all about equality in within Angels Group and Energy Angels and actually what, what got me to the table initially was that I'm a Wolves fan and we were talking to Wolves about sponsorship on their men's side and we had sponsorship around the ground um, and we got talking and I didn't even realise this would have been available but um, talking about sponsoring the women's team um, and at the time it was it was not just a a massive plus to support women's football but it was also um, a, a real good news story for people locally in Wolverhampton because they had a betting uh, sponsor on the men's side um, and you know people locally just loved the fact that a local business was supporting a local women's team so uh, so good good news round all round really um, then because of the following of the Wolves accounts and uh, and other women's football accounts as we started to get more and more involved. Uh, we saw that there was an issue at Coventry United where they were about to essentially cease trading overnight. So, so that's when I just thought, do you know what, we're already investing. Let's invest into a club and actually make a real difference because obviously we wouldn't have had a say in what happened within Wolves women, nor should we because we were just a sponsor. So... Who thought, you know, can we be part of the difference? So, uh, so yeah, it's been up and down, sometimes down, um, mostly this season, but uh, we're in for the longer fight. One of the driving factors for Lewis's investment in Coventry United women was equality. Lewis's investment essentially saved the club from being expelled from the football new divisions and gave the women's team the opportunity to continue to compete and grow. The club has now been under Lewis's ownership for two years, and are now in a significantly better position. However, unlike Andy and Stourbridge, Lewis is yet to see the rewards of the Lionesses' success at Coventry United. In terms of growth in the West Midlands, um, at Coventry United, we haven't really seen um, that that much growth, if I'm honest. Uh, we've seen, obviously, growth in the international women's game, um, but there is a disconnect between the FA and clubs at the moment. So we suggested to them recently that uh, data sharing might be a good idea so that if a match is coming to Coventry, for example, uh, an international match like it did, um, that we can actually do some collaborations there and introduce local teams, not just us, but they could have done it with, you know, Villa and uh, Leicester, Forest. And if something's coming to the East Midlands, which is where, you know, where that was, uh, or the West Midlands, then actually we could be promoting women's football at, you know, WSL and women's championship level as well. So uh, the official slides from the FA say that overall WSL attendances have gone up and also championship attendances have gone up, um, but it hasn't quite filtered to us in Coventry yet. While I was in Coventry, Lewis also introduced me to Sean Osmond, who is the assistant manager at Coventry United Women. I asked Sean about how she thinks women's football in the West Midlands will evolve in the near future. 
I'm just hoping that it will continue to grow at, at club level as well. Um, sort of the further further interest uh, and investment. Um, there, there's been some really fantastic strides taken in the in the last few years to continue to create that professional em- environment for for staff and players to to continue to grow and develop the the, the game and. I think it, it's a great time to be involved within women's football and it's something I feel grateful for and um I'm ho- I'm hoping that we just continue to see it to to see it grow and uh, hopefully see a fully professional championship uh, within the next few years and hopefully an expansion of that too um just just to continue to grow because I think there there are many clubs that are really really pushing all across the country um to to really go and be competitive and and uh, and provide players with a great experience um as well as their fans so yeah i'm hopeful that uh we see a world cup as well for, for the lionesses although there has been growth lewis believes there is a long way to go for women's football there are many teams in the women footballing divisions across the west midlands who require more investment as they are unable to compete with teams who bring in higher profits in terms of growth, yes, you're right, there has been growth. Um, unfortunately, it still comes at a cost. Um, and, and at some point, somebody's got to decide, for football in general, not just women's football, um, someone's got to decide, should football clubs become the plaything of the rich and famous, or should clubs be financially sustainable? Because that's uh, that where we're at at the moment. We saw recent uh, reports published from the Premier League as well as WSL um, and you've got heavy, heavy hitting clubs that are unable to make a profit. I appreciate we're just coming out of COVID uh, but the reality is that the football financial models have got to change because you can't just have the big global hitters that are the only ones able to make money and the other ones just cannot compete. So. Uh, I, I think even as a club owner, as someone with financial vested interest in, you know, a club becoming more valuable, um, I actually think that something needs to be done quite dramatically to level the playing field and to stop it becoming about deep pockets. Like Lewis, Andy Fisher believes more investment is needed to commercially grow the women's game. It has to be investment, you know, it's not all about money, but... You know, I'll give you an example of us, us having, you know, if we get promoted, so you're looking at tier three and you're competing with teams, you know, like Stoke, who've announced their semi-professional and Wolves and big clubs like that and Newcastle. You know, you've got to be able to get businesses involved and get sponsorship and, and, and good, good, you know, uh, good backing and from investors. And I think that's the key bit now is, is really how do we get those sponsorships across the women's football, across the, the country, really? across the women's game to show the kind of um, the backing and the support it gets when you know when you look at what what support the men the men's kind of side gets in, in the eye divisions you know and the backing and the, the sponsorship deals and all that kind of stuff if we can filter that into the, the women's game I generally think this game is going to grow um, but we've got to keep pushing the the, the, the spectator and the fan base and, and get more people through the door to show that. Um, the investment for for sponsors and big businesses and companies to invest in women's football, you know, will have a return, and that's that's important. So, 
twofold really the, the, the sponsorship and investment and the fan base is is huge it's a huge step uh, that we need to keep pushing uh, and we'll grow the women's game so perhaps there is hope for women's football in the future although it'll take time and even more investment the women's game is continuing to grow lower down the footballing divisions and at a local level and this has been assisted by the lioness's success last summer just before the euros final ian wright said whatever happens in the final now if girls are not allowed to play football in pe just like the boys can then what are we doing? We have got to make sure they are able to play and get the opportunity to do so. Not only did the Lionesses restore national pride by winning the final, they also inspired younger girls to become more involved in a male-dominated sport. They showed that determination and hard work will allow you to break through any restrictions placed upon you by society. The England's women team will go down in history for their success on the pitch, but they will be remembered as icons who change the future of football for the next generation of female footballers.